You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Nice that you're back. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. I went on a whirlwind tour of uh, the American. It should be called the Mideast. Like, we don't call it that because, like, we use that term for another part of the world. But, like, the part of America between the Midwest and the East Coast, right? Like, mm-hmm. Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan. It should be called the Mideast. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. So you uh, I made fun of you for driving to Michigan oh. and that went well. No, it did not go well at all. In fact, why not? So first of all, like the most direct route is like you basically go on 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 I-80 all the way through Pennsylvania. You're in Pennsylvania for like six hours um, and it's like nine hours, let's say. Um, however, my wife wanted to go to some antique show in upstate New York. So we had to drive out of the way we had to drive through upstate new york for like five hours and then because we were so far up there at that point we're like well now it's faster to go through canada so we drove an extra three hours up to buffalo uh only to discover and uh, and then we tried to cross the border and my my good canadian friend pierre at 1-800-GO-CANADA or whatever gave me faulty information so we were not allowed access to canada somebody had to drive all the way is that because of covid yeah. So on August 9th, Canada, could you, could you have promised like I we, we will not get out of the car in Canada? We're just using it as, a, as like a yeah. route. We actually told him that you're literally just our shortcut. Yeah. We have no interest in stopping and stepping foot in your country. I would never I'm, want to speak to any of your people. Yeah, you know? Yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that didn't matter. They didn't care. Um, And, and so, yes, yeah, so the country opened on August. I 9th. would have been. So you're a good you're uh, uh, let's bring in our guests because all three of us are married men. Yes. Okay. Yoni Wiesel, our, Giants, yeah. Because I the levels of madness I like that I would be at. If we if we had to go like 12 hours out of the way because someone insisted on going to an antique show, Hold or on, can I can I elevate the insanity? Like, 10 I mean, I, I think at that point I would just I would just like call a divorce lawyer in the car. Well, can I elevate it? So first yeah. of all, th- this is a the once a year annual antique fair. Very, very special, very unique. Only happens once a year that she mm-hmm. went to in May already. OK, <laughs> <laughs> so she went in May. Saw some table, and I've heard nothing but conversations about this table for three goddamn months. Uh-huh. All right, yeah. and we have to go back in August. And I kept pointing out, were you picking is- up the table? So we're going to pick up a table, drive all the way with the table through Canada to Michigan, and then drive all the way back. This table is going to you buy the table. Like- so yeah, so so she's going to get there. Um, so she's going to go and she's going to do the antiquing 
and I'm going to be in the hotel. So we stayed, we stayed in a hotel. So we stayed overnight. We drove like five hours. We, we stopped there. We stayed overnight in a hotel that's connected to like a water park, like an indoor mm-hmm. water park. Okay. So I'm going to be there with all the kids and she's you know going to go. Now you're bearing the lead. That's like, Hey, we will do a water park. Now, now I'm sort of closer to hold her on. Side hold on. I haven't got to the worst part of all okay. um, my piece of shit phone. So I, I, I got a, I got a phone. I'm going to give it a negative advertising. Now I'm going to dox them. Pixel XL, Google Pixel XL. I don't, I, think, I, it's I, do, I don't think it's with doxing. Well, whatever the hell you're like, I'm, you're like, here's okay. the CEO's address. That's doxing. <laughs> all right. Well, t- all right. Um, Sergey Brin. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm generally a fan of the Google Pixel phone. And the other one I had was fine. But apparently the 4XL had a specific issue, a known issue where the battery gets disconnected. Nobody cares. The bottom line is my phone breaks. So uh, in, in May, I called them because my brand new phone broke and they have to send me a new phone. Um, they sent me a refurbished phone, but whatever. They sent me a replacement phone. And now it's July. It's three months. It's August. It's three months later. And my phone breaks again. So now I'm in the middle of upstate New York with no phone, with no way to communicate with the outside world. And I'm also, by the way, it's the middle of the workday. I'm working full time and I'm like traveling for the next like week through all these like random places. So I'm now I'm phoneless. So it became much, much worse. And so now I, so now we're driving for hours and hours. I didn't even have a phone. You didn't want to go to like a phone store, like buy a phone. No, I tried. So the the nearest I mean, I'm in the driving in the middle of nowhere. So I scheduled an appointment for the next morning for a store in Detroit, which is where I would be going next. Um, And then I took it there and then they they said, yeah, uh, you can't fix this. Uh, You got to get it replaced. So whatever. You didn't just buy a new phone on the spot. No, because I'm getting a replacement phone from the people who sold me the, the, the first two shitty broken phones. Oh, well, congrats. on uh, It'll probably come pre broken at this point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I and how was the trip I, back? You went. Straight? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, well, also, you know, I bought a new phone, but you sent me a refurbished phone. They said, well, we only have refurbished of that model. I said, then how about you send me a new phone of a different model, which also maybe won't be have a known issue that it breaks every three months. I'm like, <laughs> well, we, we can't replace a product for a different product. I'm like. But so you're just going to send me a third refurbished phone that's going to break again in three months and then well, whatever. So I'm going to go on. Yeah, why well, ask for the fourth one ahead of time? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, I think, Alex, much- you should have learned. You should have learned the lesson of Quinn from White Lotus there. Mm-hmm. Your phone yeah. breaks, ditch your family and just go <laughs> off into the wilderness. Yeah. That's what, it. what um, spoiler, spoiler. yes, what um, and I didn't see that show. Yeah. I assumed it was like the, no, he, he, the he didn't run the whole plot. Don't worry. What um, what percentage of the driving did you do versus your your uh, holy wife? I mean, I think you know the answer to that. You drove 100 percent of the time. Well, actually, okay. So, okay. So here's what happened. So, on the way there, when, um, when because of our very out of the way, it's going to take us like 15 hours, which should have taken us like eight hours or whatever it is. So, uh, she falls asleep, and all the kids have fallen asleep. It's like nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night. Probably relaxing a little bit. Yeah, and um, music from Erie, Pennsylvania, because I actually clocked it from Erie, Pennsylvania to Detroit. Do you want to know what my average speed was across four states? I hope there's no what was listening. it? It was triple digits. OK, so um, but by the way, it's not I don't I don't think I'm like a danger. I mean, I'm look honest. I do everything in life very fast. Obviously, I listen to podcasts at three X speed and watch shows mm-hmm. at two X speed and you read very fast. Like, I understand that. So I do drive fast, but like you lose life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah, no, but I'm doing it in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere on straightaway roads like there's nobody else there mm-hmm. uh, uh, except for truckers, you know, every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and if you have a modern if you have a modern enough car, you got the adaptive cruise control. The cars are literally watching for you. You don't yeah. know. Are, do are you driving in silence or are you listening to music or a podcast? No. And, and then and then I have ways also. So every time there's a police officer, I know. Um, yeah. So good advertising for ways. Um, no. So I'm listening. No, we definitely can't drive in silence. My wife likes to listen to music. Um, if everybody well, then let her drive. Yeah. But no. But the problem is, if I let her drive, she's going to drive like 70. And then it's it was a take joke. Us, like, like she's not yeah. in charge. She doesn't get the pick of music. Oh. So, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, but I didn't have a podcast to listen because I didn't have a phone. Right. So I was. Ah, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm so far behind. Yeah. So I listened to Sirius the whole time. 
uh, we were saying before we got on the air that like my attitude towards edited radio edit versions of songs has changed a lot now that I'm like a father of four kids. Oh, so yeah. The kids don't the kids don't have to hear the curse words. That's yeah, good. that's good. Well, like for the first 35 years of my life, I thought it was like the lamest thing in the world. I'm like, you know, who cares? Like it's just words grow up. But now, like, yeah, I don't want me one of my kids to hear certain words and then go use them at school. And then, you know, I, you know, I, I get I get, you know, lambasted. Okay. Um, yeah, All right, let's get into let's get into uh, the. Giants, oh, yeah. So, no, like so, so to be fair to my wife. So on the way back last night, Sunday night, we're recording this Monday night uh, with like three, four hours to go. Uh, she offered to drive because I driven like the whole way both ways. So I said, sure. And within five minutes of her getting behind the wheel, we basically entered like the outskirts of this Hurricane Henry or Henri or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Is it pronounced like uh, like a Canadian hockey player? Not sure. Because I haven't heard it. Yeah, I haven't heard it either. Um, and it was like an insane torrential downpour and the highway was actually closed. So then we had to go on these back roads and like the ways has a warning every uh, every 400 feet. Warning, flood, warning, flood. And we're like, is there a guy just like 10 feet ahead of us? On, like the, just dropping these warnings. Um, yeah. So she actually drove the most miserable four hours of it at the very end. It was like right. 80 miles, but it took like four hours. And you're going to do this trip again in two weeks. <laughs> oh, no. So that's been vetoed. But um, yeah. OK. Well, yeah, we're, we're not going there for Shoshana. But you got a table. You came home with a table. Oh, Oh, so yeah. So after hearing about it for three months, that was the other part when she shows up back at the water park and I'm phoneless at this point because my phone has died. I find out that she decided after three months of, of building this thing up in her in her mind that the table wasn't even the table she thought it was. And so she's not getting it. So she didn't get it. <laughs> all right. At this she point, did, I she did get some other ridiculously large piece of furniture, which required us to like move all the suitcases into the backseat with the kids for the duration of like the many, many hours of driving. Oh, which... my God. <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I, I would have just like dropped me off on the side of the road. I'm, I belong yeah. to the land I, now. You know, so Erie, Pennsylvania. I, we argue constantly about like flying versus driving. And she turns like a one hour flight into like a six hour ordeal with travel and waiting and luggage and whatever. But no matter what, it doesn't come. It doesn't come close to this amount of time, obviously. I mean, you could have walked. It sounds like. Yeah. So at one point we passed an airport. I said, just drop me off here and we'll see who gets home first. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you know what? I will say it was very beautiful because I did get to drive through many of the fine cities of this country. And I drove. I love the cities where on the main highways you drive right past the stadiums. Yes. So, of course, you know, uh, your beloved where the Mets play uh, City Field is an example of that in New York, if you're if you're coming from the airport anyway, mm-hmm. um, from LaGuardia. But so in, in Cleveland, we drove right past the stadium, uh, which still says Indians in, in very big letters on the main entrance. And then right across from the stadium, I noticed not on the highway I was on, but on the highway, like one over. I saw the Guardians, you know, uh, their new team name. Uh, yeah, the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. So but do you know that where that's from? It's from some local bridge. That is these two statues that are called the guardians of traffic, which no ah. one in the world outside of Cleveland has ever known until it became a justification for the team name. And still nobody. And so I was actually surprised that I was able to notice them and that they were so prominent, actually. So um, mm-hmm. it is a real thing. When you drive through Chicago, you pass what are you doing You're like a tight 12 minutes about traveling across America. <laughs> no, you ask the questions. <laughs> yeah, but now we got to get the well, right, you save this for the next podcast to be continued <laughs> on the next podcast. You're. Your travels through America. All yeah. right, Yoni Wiesel's here. He's a Giants fan. He's usually <laughs> hating on Gettleman. Gettleman somehow still the GM. What What's the state of the union right now, Yoni? The state of the union is that I think most people would rather hear Alex's twelve minutes about driving across country than listen to anything about the Giants. It's at least as exciting. <laughs> uh, so I went through. I just I, I didn't do this for the first half, but for the back sixteen teams, I uh, did my cores where I where I ranked their ten players basically in order of. How, like they're 10 best players on the team, but with a nod to their age and a little bit of contract status, stuff like that. Um, the 10 most valuable assets, basically like the 10 guys you'd protect from uh, an expansion draft. Kind okay. Of. 
Like I, Calais Campbell, I, like I said on the Ravens podcast, might be the third or fourth best player, but he's 35 years old. So you're mm-hmm. probably not going to protect him if you could only protect 10 guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, Yoni, I'm going to read mine now, Yoni. OK, and you'll and well, that's how we'll get into the state of, of the Giants. All right. I, the Giants were the hardest team to order of any team because they don't have like an A plus plus guy, but they actually have more good players than I thought. All right. So you almost always start with the quarterback. So Daniel Jones. OK. He's number so one with me. I mean, like, that's not ideal. It's not ideal, but that's who you knew who that that, that was their quarterback. You no, I, still with well, me? I knew that was their quarterback. I didn't know that quarterback was automatically one for every team. It's not like Drew Locke is not going to be one. Okay. Like Sam Darnold's not going to be one for Carolina. But like, I mean, Carolina just traded a lot for him. Yeah, it's safe to say that at this point, the Giants have are, are banking on Daniel Jones. Yeah, whether I mean, he is or isn't sure right now, they're banking on him. he'd be He's the first the guy they'd protect. The, yeah. that, there's no way that's true. There's no well, way. All right, so true. I'm going to go through the rest. Okay, James Bradbury, Blake Martinez, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Rashad Bateman, Adoree Jackson, Kenny Galladay, uh, and then I'd say some combination of Nick Gates, who's now their center, Evan Ingram, and uh, the second uh, draft pick, Aziz Ajulari, I think it's pronounced. So what do you think about my list? Um, you went a little fast in the middle there. I feel like there was a name that I half recognized. De- uh, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Rashad Bateman, Adoree Jackson. Who? Rashad, Rashad Bateman? Who do you oh, say? Uh, no, sorry. I'm mixing up. It's um, what's the what's the receiver's name? Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. Yeah, you know Bateman's what? I, the I, guy from Minnesota. And okay, he's not fine. in New York. Sorry. Okay. Wrong, wrong, uh, wrong. Cut Hold on. Can we, can we talk about Kadarius Tony? Kadarius Tony. Yes. So, Tony. OK, so he was, you know, in the draft, universally considered a reach and like, you know, the least optimal, let's say, of the first round receivers. But, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't mean he's bad. Maybe the Giants know something nobody else knows. To me, though, like he can't even crack the top three of this receiver room right now. And like this is not exactly a Hall of Fame room like Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard are, are, are not exactly world beaters. Um, so They're fine. Well, you know, the story, the story of Kadarius Tony is, you know, you probably have to go back to the beginning of the draft and, and what the Giants did in the first round in general before really settling in on, on who Tony is and what Tony is. Mm. So the Giants have the, have the uh, 11th pick, I think, of the draft, um, possibly the 12th. Um, but they going through the draft process, everyone knew they needed playmakers. Giants need playmakers, even though they went out in the offseason and signed one. And even though we knew Barkley was coming back, it was all about playmakers for this team. And as the Giants always do, no matter who their GM is, it doesn't really matter. They make sure that every single person knows exactly who they want. And everyone knew that the Giants were going to go after one of the big three receivers, most likely Devonta Smith. You know, if Jalen Waddle fell to them, they probably would have been happy with that too. And everyone knew, knew Jamar Chase wasn't going to fall. But everyone basically knew that it was going to be one of those guys. So Dallas pick comes up, the pick before the Giants. And the Eagles, knowing exactly what the Giants are going to do, trade ahead of the Giants and grab Devonta Smith before their pick. So now the Giants are on the board without anyone, you know, without who they thought they were going to get. And miraculously, literally the miracle of all miracles, Dave Gettleman trades back and makes an incredible trade to actually get a future first round pick to go back only eight or nine spots and uh, drop down to, I think, number 20, where Chicago is picking. So at this point, everyone is ecstatic because, you know, no one saw this coming. We figured they were going to reach for someone else. And who knew what was going to happen at that point? But once they traded back, it was all gravy then. Like no one really cared what was going to happen. And, you know, other guys go off the board and it gets the Giants pick. But with the Giants at that point, you know, there's no, if there's an A plus playmaker, yeah, they definitely should have taken him. But at that point, none of the top playmakers in the draft were still on the board, but it sort of seemed to me, and I don't know, that 
they just sort of had in their heads they're taking a receiver, so they took a receiver. Um, he okay, was but, not but, like but, you mentioned. But, but why Tony and not Rashad Bateman or Elijah Moore? Like, I mean, Tony wasn't like anywhere close to like the best receiver on any board that I saw. Right. So Tony. I mean, that's is a simple answer. Like Gettleman probably liked his like stick to itiveness or something insane. You know. <laughs> so so Tony's kind of weird in that he's different than a lot of the of what the Giants claimed they were looking for. You know, uh, these high character four year guys who you know have shown consistency in college, things like that, um, where Tony was actually a quarterback initially when he came to college and was, he'd only been playing receiver for like a year, a year and a half or something. And with the first full season, he did that was the COVID year. Um, so he doesn't really have like a lot of on field track record, but he's super duper explosive. Like he's like a crazy athlete. He's got great burst, but he's very, very raw. So, you know, he's not a guy you're, you know, or generally going to look for in the first round, unless, you know, you want these, these days with the first round, the way first round draft picks work, you know, having the guy for five years, great contract. You want a guy who's going to be playing from day one. Yeah, this, is sounding, this is sounding Cordero Patterson ish. Who, by uh, the way, might be in the hall of fame one day because he's the greatest kick returner in NFL history. But, you know, as a first round pick, it's not necessarily what you're hoping for as in a receiver. Right. So, yeah, you could probably make that comparison. Um, it's possible that Tony can end up being more of an H back, like Pat, like uh, Patterson ended up being. Um, you know, he's got to do work on on uh, you know getting off the line well, and you know, I, I'm assuming improving his route running and stuff like that. Also, I wouldn't really know. We haven't seen much of him because there's always something with this guy. Apparently, since the rookie training camp, since the first the rookie mini camp, he showed up with only one cleat. And then, you know, he's, he's literally had us, and then he was in COVID protocol. When Wait, does he have two legs started. or one leg? Can we confirm that? He, he's basically like uh, Odell 2.0 in this way that like, there's always something going on around him. And you would never think that like Joe judge, who's this like, you know, hard nose talker, talker about, you know, how everyone, you know, got to be in line. Everyone, you know, it seems like he's got a certain style, you know, the type of coach who makes guys run during practice. They miss an assignment. Uh, you know, you wouldn't expect him to be the coach who takes a chance on a guy like this, um, but they must think extremely highly of him. And I honestly, I'm not sure what they're going to get from him in year one. Oh. Who's the best player on this team? Uh, best player is probably uh, either Leonard Williams or James Bradbury. OK, yeah, so I like my list. Yeah. Yeah, they're both legit all pro level players at their positions. Are you are? You, yeah, it's funny because I was like laughing at the Leonard Williams trade. And now it's like, well, you didn't we didn't get a first round pick and he's been like, you know, a pro bowl no. slash like all pro like type player. No, for you should time. You should continue laughing. Everyone should laugh. It was that was arguably the worst trade any team has ever made. I, I stand so firmly by this as people try to, you know, justify after the fact that, well, he ended up being good too. Everything about that trade screwed this. Team right, they over. could have signed and him after eight more games. If they would have signed bad. him after the season where no one clearly no one else was, was going to pay him as much as as they were. Mm-hmm. And they could have just signed to a multi-year deal, probably around $14 million a year at that point. Mm-hmm. Instead, they give up, give up capital for him, draft capital, which ends up being the 66th pick in the draft, which is a pretty high pick. Um, I, if I don't, pick. I'm sure the Jets nailed that pick also. I think they took the safety. Uh, did they take that safety? Oh, Ashton Davis? Maybe Davis? That's from yeah. thinking. Well, in, in Rob's Madden game, he's been killing it, so. Yeah, there were definitely guys on the board there that uh, certainly could have helped a, a Giants team that's very much lacking in depth mm-hmm. um, and has build, been building through free agency for a while now. Um, but again, if they sign him that offseason, they save the picks, and they have him locked up at $14 million a year. Instead, they don't. 
And then he has them over a barrel, which forces them to franchise him two years in a row. Yeah. And now he's getting paid $21 million a year. And he's yeah. amazing. And it's great. And I'm thrilled that he's on the Giants. But he should have been on the Giants for $14 million a year. And the Giants should have had an extra draft pick. Yeah, same um, thing with Lamar, uh, the Jamal Adams, except you didn't give up two first round picks, at least. Very similar. Yeah, but also they were playing for a playoff spot. Right, at, least right, was like, at least they were trying to win. They didn't do anything, but at least they were trying, like reasonably. Trying no, the, the Giants, it was, it was an indefensible trade that everyone in Giants media is trying to, like uh, you know, retrofit. Indefensible. Um, are you, are, are you, have you cooled on Saquon? Are you still like excited to see what he could do if he stays healthy this year? I have never been the biggest Saquon guy. Obviously going back to the draft that, you know, certainly sullied him in my mind a bit. Um, you know, it's hard to separate him from, the way he was taken and what he could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that's a little unfair, though. I, I, you know, is, I, no, I, I agree. It, it's hard to separate, though. And, and you can appreciate a great running back, even, I mean, you know, Cowboys fans appreciate Zeke, Vikings fans appreciated Peterson. Even if you understand the, the relative value and, and why it's not the correct pick, even if it is a guy like Zeke who puts up 1600, like you can still appreciate the player for the player. Of course, but if he's yeah. if he'd been going out there and, and doing that stuff, okay. you know, if yes. I was able to Fair. watch him the last, last two yeah. years, okay. I could be like, yeah. yeah, he's the guy. Yeah. But, you know, he's about to they're going to have to extend him after this year. And we're never going to really get to see him before mm. they do that. And they're already locked in with him. So there's no choice. But I, I definitely have excitement about what he can do when the ball's in his hands. I'm hoping they can figure out ways to get the ball in his hands, you know, giving him as much as he's going to get and getting him where they got him. You would hope you'd have a guy who's like a, a legit three down player, but he can't really block. So you know, he's, there's definitely frustration in, in what he should be and could be, but hopefully look, he's still obviously really young. There's time for him to develop a little bit more. And uh, I definitely am excited to see what he can bring to the table. Um, you know, this coming did you, season. Did you like the Galladay signing? Uh, so they, I, I did not, I, I, I don't know if I'd cover this as, on this podcast, but I, I was not a fan. I, I like him as a player. Um, the money is obviously tough. That's way more than a guy like him should be making, but ultimately I don't know what the money means at this point. The Giants were so crazy with their spending this offseason. Yeah. And, you know, just sort of push, you know, uh, kicking the can down the road. I think they're what they need to they needed to do this offseason. And what I agree with getting him in the general sense is that they need to know if Daniel Jones is the guy. And you yeah. can't know if Daniel Jones is the guy if you have no if, you know, when his receivers are, as you said before, just, you know, but this is an above. I mean, you look at it even without Galladay, it's like the rookie with Slayton Shepard. Saquon, Rudolph, and Ingram, like lots of teams have worse than that. It's that's definitely true. Um, but they also need to make up for the fact that their offensive line is by far the worst in the league. So you really need to have as many weapons as you can out there. Yeah. Well, let's let's, you know, so basically they're building this whole offense around Daniel Jones. You've never, you know, you've never been a huge Jones fan on this podcast, obviously. But um, last year I recall doing a podcast with our uh, football fan experts from New York. And uh, they had seen their, you know, their top of the first round pick get worse year over year going in the wrong direction. And yet they were convinced they'd rather have him than just about any quarterback in the league other than like three uh, Akiva and Jared and the other Jets fans. Daniel Jones, to me, like he's a year behind Arnold at this point, again, going in the wrong direction dramatically year over year. What does he need to do this year to give this team confidence for another year that he's their quarterback rather than basically starting over? It's such a good question. So, so you, you mentioned that he did go backwards last year, which which is true. Um, I don't know how dramatically he went backwards. Um, A lot of that was just the offense. You know, there's only so much you can do when Jason Garrett is calling your plays. Um, But he, he definitely 
did not take a step forward and and looked and, and did not improve upon the things he did the first year. So the first year he was it's very well known he was a, basically a turnover machine. But in being a turnover machine, he was that happened because he was being super aggressive. You know, he's throwing the ball downfield. He throws a really nice deep ball. He was holding on to the ball too long and getting, you know, getting sacked. So at least with those turnovers, you had the positive of like, yeah, he's looking downfield. He's making deep throws. He's you know he's he's doing he's doing things like that. The problem is last year. He sort of didn't, he, he reined in those deep, those big plays partially because of Jason Garrett, but, and while he did pull back the turnovers a little bit, he didn't pull them back nearly as much as you would have hoped if he was going to be, if he was going to be that conservative. So you kind of want to see a mix of those two where he can be aggressive again. And, you know, hopefully the offense will be modernized. You know, you'd think they brought in all these guys because they plan on, you know, running a more modern offense than they did last year. But so the hope is that he, he can, you know, sort of combine those two things in a better way where he can be more aggressive and he can cut down on turnovers. And are you, well, I understand what the hope is, but what's your level of optimism? So the offensive line is, is to me is a big, big issue. Uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to say what, you know, the team obviously has confidence or is being forced to have confidence in the guys they drafted the last few years to, to step up and to improve. Um, and if the offensive line can give him a little bit of time or they can call plays in such a way that he, that it, it doesn't matter that much. Um, I think he can be good. I think he shows a lot of NFL, he shows real NFL skills. He can make real NFL throws. Um, you know, he's got uh, some, some serious athleticism, um, but you know, it's definitely possible, but with a, an offensive line, as bad as this one is, he's going to have to really, really show improvement in, you know, his, his post-snap processing and things like that, that he can, you know, know where to go, get the ball out quickly and to the right spots. So I, again, I guess I didn't fully answer your question yet. My expectation, uh, again, I, I have to see what the line is. If the line is as bad as it could be, my expectations are pretty low. But then what do they do? Because if, if the line is, you know, the worst line in football, and the quarterback's running for his life and he's turning the ball over and he's getting hit. Does that mean that you have to invest another year because you just don't know because you're saying he hasn't been given the, the, the resources? Oh, I'm, I mean, that's the John Mara way, isn't it? Hmm. Okay. I'm just asking. Someone Gettleman gets another year. Ever, there's always yeah. an excuse to give someone another year. So yeah. we don't have to make it an, uh, a tough decision. It's a, it's a little bit like we want to be like the Steelers. You know, we never want to fire anybody. And then we always like, oh, maybe Fossil was here one year too long or. Yeah, but Akiva, this team fell ass backwards into two Super Bowls while the two of us were hemming, you know, crowing and laughing at them. So, all right, we're not we're not gonna. Maybe it'll be a third. We don't have the time to get into that detail, but yeah, um, yeah, they they did sort of prove after the fact that like yes, you know, that Steelers way, what you want to call it, was the Steelers and Giants way for a little bit, and you know, the Giants may have been a little bit more luck than uh, in, overall mm. than skill. Uh, is this a team? Are you more excited when your team is uh, has the ball or when your defense is on the field? That's a good question. Excited. I don't know if it's the right word, but I'm more interested when the, the offense has the ball. Cause whenever, anytime you have a young quarterback, you know, you want to see what can he yeah. do? What, what's changed? What did he learn? Like that's all. So I really just want to see what Jones, what Jones has. Hmm. Wheels. You got it. You got it. The, oh, yeah, the, the, the wins, wins total seven. I don't think I don't yeah. want to go to, I don't want to do the whole schedule game. But um, I where are you leaning? They're seventy to one to win the Super Bowl. They're over a win total of seven. So you push it seven and ten. Do you think this team's going eight and nine or better? So again, it comes back to what the line is. If they move forward at all, personally, I, I mean, their defense has the ability to be literally top five in the league. They have, you know, other than defensive end, they're basically like they're stacked at all three levels with 
with real with serious playmakers. Mm-hmm. Like this could be a really really good defense. So if the and they have a great defensive coordinator in Patrick Graham. So if the offense can show anything, you know, for all the money they put into it, if the offense can, you know, not be as bad as it's been the last couple of years, they can they should be able to win eight games. Um, will you're, they? You're leaning over. I, I am leaning. I don't know. I, I honestly, again, I, I don't know which way to lean. There's too many question marks. You, I, that's why there's sort of like a lack of excitement in a lot of ways for me, because, you know, how often do you go into a season having no idea what you're going to get from your offensive line and quarterback? Like that's, that's 90% of the battle. Well, I mean, we have like a, I hear you the offensive line. I think we have an idea of what, what we're going to get from the quarterback. Like he's probably not going to be the worst in the league, but he's probably not going to be, you know, the 10th best quarterback either. I think his sort of, range of results alex am i crazy is like pretty small no uh, i mean i don't think so he could be getting benched for mike lennon okay or, so that's bad yeah that's like worst quarterback in the league or to bottom three. i mean he's pretty close but to what's his upside I mean, is his upside top eight pro bowl almost level no no but I, I mean you could he could his upside he could be matt stafford daniel jones upside is i guess I don't. I don't think. I'm not saying he's going to be. I don't think he's very poor man. I think his range gets a lot done because of his physical traits. Stafford has a cannon. I think that's a pretty big range. No, I don't think was the range in his 12 to 32. I don't think. I don't think 12. Yeah, listen. If this team had like Baker Mayfield's line, or like if this team had a really good offensive line, then I'd be like, okay, like maybe there he has a fluke year, Derek Carrish year, and he, you know. He is the hey, best quarterback. Yeah, we'll talk about Derek Carr in another podcast, but he's uh, he's been good a couple of years in a row now. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree with that, though. I think that that Jones is Jones is upside. If everything goes right, can probably be just outside the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, give or take. And if everything goes wrong, he can absolutely be the worst quarterback in the league. But There's no he'll, it's possible. Yeah, they have good weapons, like especially, you know, like they have good weapons and a little bit of depth. Um, yeah. But they have again no offensive line. If you only have last, if you only have two seconds to throw the ball, as good as your receivers are, you're just throwing quick slants anyway. So, how do you feel about Andrew Thomas? Uh, he improved over the season, which is great. Um, yeah. I, you know, that's all you can really ask for a young guy to do, other than you know be good. Um, you know, that's that's a little much for a for a Giants draft pick. But if you if all you can ask is that he showed serious improvement throughout his first year, which he absolutely did. And the hope mm-hmm. is that the improvement continues. He's got the physical tools. So, you know, if if that continues, he can be he can be really good. Hmm. Uh, can we play a game here? OK, the game sure. we're going to play and you can both play the game we're going to play. It features uh, the starting center on the Jets. Uh, I think not last year, I think the year before COVID year. Uh, who's now, I think, a backup interior lineman on the Giants. And I'm speaking, of course, of Jonathan Harrison. Okay. Okay. Yes. So the game is going to be, can either one of you spell Jonathan Harrison? I think I could spell Jonathan Harrison. Okay. J-O. Yeah. N-O-T-T-H-A-N. <laughs> I'm well close, done. right? You got it. I did it? I yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah, well, there's, like, for a while. there's like three wrong things in there. I think yeah, it's he... just one. I think it's just one. No, because oh, it's John Nothin and he spells it Joe Nothin. Yeah, the the O, the double T. There's no N. There's a lot of weird things. Yeah, it's not. It's not like I, as I a fellow Jonathan, face, I'm just going to plead my, the fifth on this one. Let teach Jonathan their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think as like someone who's face blind, I think I'm. It makes me better at spelling people's mm. names. Yeah. When you apply to ESPN, they ha- they have that yeah. test where you have to like spell 
you know, like Dwayne Wade and, and like, yeah. you know, Mike Krzyzewski and stuff. The only one I've refused, I've refused to ever learn how to spell Mike Krzyzewski to this day. Yeah. Well, and now it's now it's great because he's retiring. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like I can do all the other ones. Oh, no. The hardest ones for me are Phillips, because when you see Philip, like Philip Rivers, for example, when mm-hmm. you see the name typed, the I-L-I or the I-L-I, very hard to read, very hard to tell how many yeah. L's are you dealing with there. Too, yeah, if you're right? typing it, you could write four L's and not even notice. Yeah. You so, could be like yeah. F-P-H-I-L-L. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, to me, the, the Phillips or Phillips, how many L's you have in your name? How much time do we have left here? Well, we got a couple minutes. Do we? Because you did yeah. that long rant. Do you want to finish your Chicago rant now? <laughs> no, that wasn't a rant. I was just saying it's a nice thing when you drive. Have you guys ever driven like like from, let's no. say, Indiana to Wisconsin? Yoni, at what point <laughs> in from Alex's story would you have lost oh. your will to live? I, I don't even think, you know, my wife hates me enough to try to make me do any of that stuff. <laughs> I, I, I just I, I don't know. But then again, I never speechless. tried to start. I never tried to record a podcast in the delivery room. So maybe, it's true. Uh, no, it's true. It's it works both ways. Yeah. It's like I because I, I, I do think like I'm such a big baby that I think my wife would know not to ask. But it's also one of these things where I would never be like, do you know what Chester's wife did? Because then it would be like, see, like the crazy things I do aren't that crazy, even though like, yeah, I'm sure they're just as crazy. Everybody's got their own flavor of crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. But you never tell other, what other people do. It's like. You, you when you're 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 in high school and you're like, hey, mom, I like I got bad news. I got a 62 on the science test. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.